0: Well, praise the Lord, and welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here in the studio at Crossway Church on this rainy Friday morning, October the twenty seventh, and uh, we're in the book of Second Peter. So grab your Bibles and get ready. Let's uh, uh, get ready to get in the Word of God. It's going to be a wonderful day today because Jesus Christ is our Lord. Hallelujah. It doesn't matter what comes. It doesn't matter what happens. Today is going to be a wonderful day because we are with Jesus. And with Jesus, we get everything. Hallelujah. We get peace no matter what's going on. We get joy no matter what's going on. We, when we get Jesus, we get it all. Hallelujah. And if we'll learn how to experience him according to the scriptures, then those won't just be words that we that we look for one day those things that Jesus died for us to be able to have now we can experience the very fruit of the spirit peace in in horrible situations we can have we can have it all right now On this side of glory, there are things that we can have. We're not going to have a new body on this side of glory, but we're going to have one on the other side of glory. But right now, you and I can have the fruit of the Holy Spirit working in our lives if we learn where he works, how he works, and what grounds, what legal right does he have to work in our lives. And I'm so thankful to know these very truths today, we're in 2 Peter chapter two, and uh, and so grab your Bibles, and we're going to be at the very end of chapter two today. And this is a this is really a profound uh, section of Scripture here that we don't really like to stick around. <coughs> Excuse me, here we don't you don't hear it taught very much, and if you do, it's always. Uh, referring to lost people in the church, but but that's not the case here, and uh, so we'll hear it in its right context, allowing scriptures to interpret scriptures this morning, and uh, I love how we, first of all, the Lord has taught us that 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 has to be how we learn, scripture teaching us scripture, not men's thoughts coming in. It's precept upon precept, line upon line. No room for Curtis's thoughts in between. A lady told me one time, she said, Curtis, you need to learn to read in between the lines. And I said, no, ma'am. That's where the enemy resides, in between the lines. It's just line upon line, precept upon precept. And we don't have any right to add our own thoughts and opinions To God's Word. It's forever settled in heaven. It's perfect. It's pure. And it can't be added to or taken away from without awful things happening in the lives of those who do that. So don't forget that everything we do here at Crossway Church, you'll find it on the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. The worship services are... Uh, streamed live on that YouTube channel as well as the Crossway Church, Queen City, Texas uh, Facebook page just as you're watching right now if you're watching live and uh, so don't forget to subscribe to that YouTube channel and uh, just so you'll be alerted when we go live or when we upload something just as yesterday I came up here and and recorded a little 18-minute segment and it's out there on the YouTube channel. It's a new little series that I'm doing uh, titled Delivered Unto Death Always. And I encourage you to go. It's one of the overflow uh, uh, uh sections there. You'll see it on the YouTube channel. So avail yourself to that and the website as well, thecrosswaychurch.com. There are commentaries there. Just click on the store icon, see what's there, and avail yourself to those items that the Lord has made available to the church today. We're so thankful for all that he's doing and all that he's given us an opportunity to be a part of in these last days we still mail 10 expositor study bibles every week to inmates in the prison system and we're 2680 uh, something i think getting close to 2700 and that's it takes $40 per bible to do that so i encourage you if you haven't yet pray about helping us do that you can you can help us by uh, simply texting the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. Again, that's 903-231-5950. And one of the options will be Bibles to Inmates. And thank you for your help in that matter. Second Peter chapter 2. Let's read the last three verses. And then we'll do a little recap of what we've talked about so far. Uh, Verse 20, 2 Peter 2, verse 20. For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it is happened unto them according to the true proverb. The dog is turned to his own vomit again and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire again. So what we see here, and we're going to cover this today with the help of the Holy Spirit to help us to see what we need to see here in these last three verses. But before we do, I want to back backtrack a little bit and back up to verse 1 in this second chapter. And you'll see the topic here is false teachers in the church, among the church, who privately bring in Damnable, meaning destructive heresies, meaning disunions, things that bring about disunion. In Galatians chapter 5, the Bible tells us that heresies is a work of the flesh. So these people, these men, they come into the church privately. To come in privately means you must come in with what is right. Amen. If you're allowed to come in, listen carefully to this, folks. If if we allow people to come in, just come in without that which is right, we're in big trouble. Now now we have to be on guard when people come in with the right message, and then begin to allow the the damnable, the destructive teachings of that which is causes a disunion, which is anything contrary to the doctrine which we began in. Uh, we have to be careful and discerning. But there, we're in such a deceptive time now, my friends, that, that men are allowed to come in, not even privately. Just get out and just pr- pr- and tell you if you'll do this, if you'll do that, you can be delivered. It, I mean, it's not like they're even having to cr- creep in or come in privately. They come in with the wrong answer. But many times, and what we're seeing here in the scriptures is that these men, they had to start right if they were saved. They had to start right. They had to come in with the right message so that they could, in their wayward heart and what's being revealed, they could try to draw other people away from that which is right, which is, we saw it at the end of this chapter, The way of righteousness, meaning the way of the cross, which is defined here, again, as God's holy commandment. Holy commandment. The gospel of Jesus Christ is is the way of his righteousness. There is no other way. And it is what God calls his holy commandment. It's the way of the cross. The only way God has offered as his way of righteousness So we have to be careful because there are more now than in the history of the church false teachers among us in the church. And when it's talked about, most of the church just likes to put its head in the sand and say, well, let's just love everybody. Most of the time when, when, when people get confronted about issues in their life, they just start talking about love all the time. And let me tell you something, folks, love is not the answer. What God did because he loved us is the answer. And when we leave that part out, love not going to do us any good. At one time, I knew God loved me and I knew I loved him. But there was a problem there. There was a problem within me of manifesting that fellowship with him in love because everything was wrong. Everything was wrong everything was wrong. So just because I know God loves me, and just because I, I'm loving God and, 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 and I'm and I'm wanting to express that and experience that with the fruit of that, if I don't know the way of the cross is the way of righteousness, if if I don't know that, or if I do know that and I begin to let other enticing and beguiling words of men Draw the lust of my flesh away, because that's what it is it's the lust of my own flesh that draws me away. You know, I'll never be able to blame other people, but I am here being warned of other people that that come in now the first letter of Peter was about suffering, and I believe it to be so uh, we 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 studied the first letter of Peter verse by verse. And if you followed along, or if you've ever studied 1 Peter, you'll see the context of that first letter is suffering. makes no difference where he reached out to. He always brought it back to suffering. Suffering for righteousness, suffering for the the, the reproach of Christ. It was all about suffering on this journey that we're on to the finish line. And this second letter of Peter is focused on that which is false teachers in the midst. If you even flip over to the third chapter, the last chapter of this second letter Peter wrote in the third verse, you'll see that he says, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lust. So, and then you get down to verse five and he says, for this, they willingly are ignorant. See, there's a place of of, and we talked about this a little bit last week on the broadcast. There's a, there's a place of I don't understand, and then there's another place of I don't understand and I don't want to understand what you're talking about because I've, this is what I believe, and I don't, you know. And, and I've heard a lot of that in the last 18 years that the Lord has brought the, my ministry uh, uh, to a, a focus and a thrust for the faith of the gospel, which the whole church is supposed to be there. Striving together for the faith of the gospel, Philippians 1 and 27. But I've seen that. I've been told by preachers that if I preach that, I'll lose control of my congregation. Little do they know, they're not there to control their their congregation. Rather, but they're here to preach the message that will allow the Holy Spirit to have control, and that's that's un, unknown in the church. Uh, at, at, at anything outside of a small, rare uh, knowledge. In, in, I'm talking about among that which is truly the church all over the world. So, this second letter of Peter is about warning the church about th- men that come in who have turned away from, and we'll see that, turned away from this way of righteousness, and now they're teaching some other way for victory, some other way for even maybe salvation, some other way for deliverance. Anything that's of God, anything God is offers only comes through the sacrifice of Christ and our faith in it. You say, well, God's blessed me. God's given me this. God's given me that. Listen, let me make a statement this morning. You may have never heard this or you may know it well, but I'm going to say it anyway. There's not one blessing the Lord has ever given us that is concerning the leisure and the comfort of our flesh, meaning a home and a bed, a good job, a this, that, all the things that that we desire to have and there's nothing wrong with having and all these leisurely blessings of comfort, not a one of them can equip me. Not a one of them can prepare me spiritually. None of them, not one of them can equip me and prepare me for this journey. They are blessings to be recognized as that, but they can never, nothing that comforts my flesh can equip me and prepare me for the ministry, for the journey ahead, for my Lord's coming. Amen. They're just good blessings of the Lord. And we need to remember that's why we don't get focused on the blessings. We stay focused and thankful for the one who is the one who's giving us the blessings. And beyond the things that comfort our flesh, we need to be focused on the spiritual aspect of our being. We don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So in this second letter, which is Peter's last letter, we see that we're still being warned of those who are in the church, who were teaching right. That's how they privately came in. And now they've turned from that way and they're teaching Another way. So let's get down here to where we started, where we read these scriptures, and we may jump back and forth uh, into in, in where we've come from because this, this is still the focus, and I don't know, 1900 years ago at least is when this was written. And my friends, the problems that the Lord was trying to help his church through with this letter 1,900 years ago, he's still trying to wake us up to the reality of these issues that are in the church. Our main problem today, other than not knowing that the cross of Christ is God's only object of faith he's ever offered to men, to be saved, sanctified, uh, justified, to find everything that God will do. It, listen, the, the, listen. You have to know that first, but then you also have to know uh, that there is a great danger within the walls of the church of people who have turned from this way, and they're offering they're offering other ways for us to find a deliverance from ourselves. You know, when you're born again and justified by the blood, the wrath of God is no longer against you. Your problem now is not between you and God. Now the problem you have is within yourself. And now what you're looking for is how to escape uh, to be delivered from self and how to to avoid the the domination of the self-life. And my friend, it's no different than the way you came in. You have to keep your faith anchored in the death of Jesus because that's where the Holy Spirit is always delivering you unto, 2 Corinthians 4.11. And you have to understand that there is people, the church is full of people who will point out what's wrong with these other religions that obviously are not of God but, they're, but they're, they're ignorant of what's wrong within the walls of the church. And when you start talking about what's wrong and you start revealing what's wrong with the Scripture, God's using you to point out error in the church using Scripture, a lot of times you're, you're going to have to come to a place where you choose to go with the, the doctrinal truths of the Word rather than people. People are a strong hold in the church today, and you know i've shared it before i've been told throughout the years i people say I love your teaching and and but if if I were to come to your church i my grandmother would turn over in her grave if I left my church and one woman years ago, not many years ago told me, said, I love the truth that comes out of that church. Talking about Crossway Church, huh? just the focus of Calvary. She said, though, if I were to come to church there and be a part of that church, it would hurt my business. Well, I want you to know she doesn't have that business anymore today anyway. Great horrors came to that lady and uh, because she chose People And what people think, that's the fear of man, by the way, that the Bible says more than once is a snare. And uh, if she would have chosen to go the way of the cross and to let everything else go and just trust God with the consequences of her faith in the sacrifice and gathering with those whose focus is the sacrifice— I know my God is faithful enough to keep her or in her business or to give her the business of his choice and not hers. so I've heard all that throughout the years, my friends of of people choosing people respecting people, and Jesus taught in john five and forty four that if we're seeking honor from men and that's all that is, that's all that is. They would never say that, but that's all that is. If we're seeking, he told, he told the, the religious rulers of Israel, he said, you can't believe on me because you're seeking honor from men instead of that which comes from God. And can I ask you today, as well as the Lord asking me in this very moment, are we, we really seeking honor from men to be honored by men? Or are we seeking to be found in that place that God has honored which is exclusive faith in the sacrifice of Jesus Christ and nothing else, exclusive faith there. Am I willing to allow him to uproot me and to move me to a place where the congregation is focused? They are striving together there for the faith of the gospel. They don't share the pulpit with people who are ignorant or willingly ignorant. It doesn't happen. Their focus and their thrust is of the Holy Spirit who has told them, as he's told all the church, but some do not have hearing that that we are not to do those things. We are to mark those that cause division and offense due to contrary doctrine. These that come in privately with the right message, but then they begin to veer off and teach another message. And this is not just talking about the historical waywardness of the church. This is talking about when this is actually happening within the walls of any local church. And I've seen it. I've seen it. I've even been a part of it. You know, until you learn as a Christian how to live in victory, you'll be like the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter seven. You'll be wanting to live for God, desiring to please God, and a heart broken over not being able to. And you will either begin to say, Well nobody's perfect and we're not going to be perfect till we get to heaven, and we'll either through the the lust of our flesh begin to start making those factual statements to avoid going on in, unto perfection, Hebrews chapter 6, and the experience of what Paul was given the answer to, which is how to possess your vessel in sanctification and honor, hallelujah, will either start making excuses and our, the lust of our flesh will carry us away. And even if we're grounded in some local church somewhere, it, it, you know, Uh, Because 99.9% of the church today, my friend, does not know how to live for God. Many think it's getting baptized in the Holy Spirit and speaking in other tongues, which is what the Bible teaches. They think if you do that, that's how you're going to get sanctified Inexperience. And my friend, it's not gonna happen. I promise you, we can fake ourselves out. The flesh can. And I mean, the Bible teaches in Romans chapter 7 that the sin nature will deceive me and slay me. That's right. You know how you know how what gives the sin nature the right to revive? And to deceive me and slay me is when I'm trusting in something other than the cross of Christ, my union with Christ in his death on Calvary's cross. Hallelujah. Paul wanted to know how to please God, how to live for God, was determined to know, crying out, who's going to save this wretched man? Oh, some. Oh, he, he wanted, and the Lord sees that heart It's broken that will not make excuses but it's broken and wants to live for him and please him and he will always show them his covenant always show them his covenant, hallelujah. Psalms twenty five, fourteen bears that out, confirms that the secret of the Lord is with them that fear him, and he shows them, not everybody, he shows them his covenant. Hallelujah. And when he shows you his covenant, you can walk in that covenant. And if you're a minister, you're preaching that which he's showing you, and I want to give you the good news if the Holy Spirit is always delivering us who are alive unto the death of Jesus, which is the covenant found in his blood, then my friend, you're either seeing where the Holy Spirit's leading you and you're preaching that or you're not. And if you're not, even if you say you know it's the answer but you're not preaching it, you are turning away. You're turning away. You're turning away. If you allow others to come in, you're turning away. You yourself are turning away when you allow others to stand in the pulpit and not proclaim the way of righteousness, God's holy commandment. Hallelujah. You know, we're either doing that or throwing out with great swelling words, promises, uh, as Peter said here. Look look at what Peter said here in the end of this chapter. He he says uh, that with great swelling words, verse 18. See, if it's not the way of righteousness, God's holy commandment, it's great swelling words trying to allure the lust of people's flesh. And really, the root of all of that, my friends, is the love of money. I've been there, I know. I've been there. I know. I've been in that. I know that. You can be crying real tears wanting people delivered who need to be delivered, who the enemy has tore their lives apart, and it's obvious, and you can be crying real tears, but if you don't know the real and one and only answer for their deliverance, uh, then my friend, either you are ignorant of it or you are willingly ignorant of it because you've turned away from it you i want to tell you this message has been going out for 25 or more more than that now years and there are many ministers who've heard this message like i heard it and in the beginning i turned it off i thought well, why are we hearing about the cross man we're already saved yeah, but see, what we didn't know is, is that it takes the cross to live saved. You were justified by the blood, my friend, but uh, you were justified by the blood and the wrath of God was removed. But how are you going to reign with Christ? How are you going to reign with Christ? Come on, somebody help me. You scriptural folks out there, you've been justified by the blood. Your sins have been washed away, hallelujah, and that blood cleanses you day by day if you walk with the one in the light that he's in and your fellowship will be with him and that blood will be cleansing you and and the blood justifies and cleanses. But what is it that allows you to rule with Christ? The Bible says in 2 Timothy 2, verse 12, if we suffer with him, we'll reign with him. You see, there's a two-fold aspect of Calvary's cross. You've been justified and washed clean by the blood, but you still got a problem in you. You still got a problem in you. Jesus poured out his blood to justify you, but Jesus poured out his soul, Isaiah fifty-three, and suffered humbly and obediently, even unto death, putting that old man to death, hallelujah, and your union with, with Christ through faith in his death allows you to be to participate in that death, to partake of that death of the Lamb. That's how you really eat and drink, hallelujah, of what's on the table the Lord has prepared for you even in the presence of your enemies. You've been washed clean. You've been justified. We've said it for years, my friend. We've been forgiven, but that don't mean we're experiencing deliverance. Uh, Again, the wrath is gone. God's no longer against us. Now we find something in us working against us and it's called self. So if I've been cleansed by the blood, the wrath of God is gone. I've been washed and, and made free from guilt and shame, but I still got something going on in me that I need deliverance from. And the experience of that, my. Christian friends, is going to begin when you understand that your faith must remain in his death because as a Christian, that's what allows you twofold to continue to be cleansed daily from all unrighteousness and all sin, but to also find the power and the fellowship of of, of Of his sufferings, because that's where you reign. If you suffer with him, you will reign with him, second Timothy two and twelve. But if we deny him, and that's where we deny him through our own works, trusting in our own self. And if we deny him, he says he will deny us. So watch this now in 2 Peter chapter 2. Let's make sure we walk away understanding today that these are people who were saved, who did at one time escape. Don't listen to these people who try to teach all this stuff about these were lost tares in the church. No, let's read it. And let the word of God speak to you today without bringing in the voice of some preacher you heard somewhere. Let their voices be aimed in another direction and let the voice of the Holy Spirit minister to you today the words that are written in the Bible. I I beseech you, brothers and sisters, have a spirit-taught heart and not that of men. A spirit-taught heart. Hallelujah. Watch this now in verse 20 second peter chapter 2 for if after they have escaped we've escaped the pollutions of the world. We've escaped. We've been delivered, hallelujah, through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior. We've been saved, Jesus Christ, if they are again entangled therein and overcome. And we have to stop right here because there is a difference between being entangled, which is never good. Somebody say, It's never good to be entangled in anything other than what the song says. Tied up, tangled all up in Jesus. It's never good to be entangled in any fleshly, anything of the flesh. But we get entangled by things. But there is a difference between being entangled and overcome. Amen. I've, I've, I've been entangled before, but let me say that I believe, according to the word we have here, when we're overcome by these things that entangle us, we will make a conscious decision to try to distract from or teach or believe that there's more than the cross that I need. That's proof that you've been entangled in, in look, these, these uh, damnable disunions, these destructive disunions, these heresies. You, we get entangled in these things, but if we're overcome by them, we will be, the Bible says, in, 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 in big, big, bigger than big trouble. You can be entangled. And not be overcome, it's when you're overcome by these things that the latter end is worse with them than the beginning, which proves that when we're overcome and see the Lord listen, don't go around judging folk, my friend, you don't know where people are david King David was out in uh, uh, uh the land of the Philistines in Palestine, and he 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 was man he was fearful. He was slobbering, slobber all over himself, trying to put on a show where they wouldn't capture him. If you'd have looked at him, you'd have thought, my Lord, this guy, and they did. They said, this guy's insane. This guy's crazy. The last thing you would have ever thought was this was a man who had a heart after God's heart. So don't be judging, folk. Don't be condemning. You don't know where people are. And they can be entangled, but not yet overcome. You'll know they're overcome, when they're teaching some other way, they've given prey. They've given themselves over to some other way for deliverance. Because these people obviously have once before escaped. They've once before escaped, and now, now, if you back up to verse nineteen, they're promising liberty while they themselves are servants of corruption. They're promising liberty through ways that God can't liberate us. So that's, listen, if you're hearing ways that you can be delivered, but it's not what God says delivered, all you are being, listen, all that's happening is you're being delivered unto corruption, That's why folks can't never get out of their chains of bondage and really they just learn to try to be as comfortable as they can in their flesh according to the chains they're having to live with the rattle of all their lives. You can be delivered from those chains. You can be delivered from those things that you're entangled in. You can be delivered from that which is trying to overcome and take your life over. You can find the power of the Holy Spirit to get up and get away from those who are teaching you deliverance outside of the only way God delivers, which is his way of righteousness, that holy commandment. Hallelujah. Outside of that being the way of the cross, you're being promised liberty that you're never going to have. Don't you turn the TV on and hear the preachers? I don't anymore because I know that's 99.9% of what's out there, especially in what's called the Spirit-filled church, the Pentecost. They're not preaching the cross, the power of God, the way of righteousness, God's holy commandment. They might mention it or throw it in at the end of the what they've done. But listen, with great swelling words, they present something that says we'll give you liberty. But if it's not the message of the cross, there is no liberty. The B- James said that the Bible is God's law of liberty. If you're hearing something that's not pointed to that one thing God has offered that liberates, you're listening to a lie. You're listening to a lie. And that lie is trying to get you more entangled and finally overcome by that which you, you, you! Instead of escaping and avoiding the things that want to chain you down, we, we, for years we were given over to those chains by great swelling words that could not liberate, but only tighten the grip of the chains that were on us. Self will destroy you, self. Jesus said if you don't deny self and take up your cross, you can't even follow him. How many Christians today are, are not even following Jesus but living according to the vanity of their own minds? Most all of them, I speak from experience because you don't just get to live for God any way that you choose or that you can't. You think you can, but you can't. God's given us one way It's the way. His name is Jesus. And what makes him the way is what he did at Calvary and him becoming God's way of righteousness. Hallelujah. It's not the cross and it's the cross with an exclamation mark, not a comma. Now let's move on. No, that's where we learn to tarry. Hallelujah. That's where we learn to tarry. Glory be to God. And those who haven't, that's why... That They don't have anything to offer that can truly liberate because they're not tarrying there. And think about this. If after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. Now let's go on into... A deeper look at this and a more frightful look at, to me, it's very frightful. To me, this is very, it brings the fear of the Lord into my heart every time I see this scripture. (coughs) For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness. That means for those that never knew it. God knew they would never accept it. They never knew it. And they're cast into the lake of fire one day. The judgment for those who did know it, they did experience, but they turned away from it and they begin to trust in everything else. The Bible says it's going to be worse for them than it is for all those that never knew it. That's what it's saying here. For it had been better for them not to have... Known the way of righteousness, then after they have known it, and the word "know" here is not talking <coughs> about they got close to it. Like that's that's what your that's what your once saved always saved people try to bring in. That 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 ain't here. That's not here. The word "know" is an experiential knowledge because they've escaped. through this knowledge, the pollutions of the world. They've known it. They've become a part of it. It had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness, which is the way of the cross. Uh, Jesus Christ, who knew no sin, became our sin bearing offering that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Think about that. Paul wrote in Romans 6, when we obeyed from the heart, that form obeyed. What will we obey? That form of doctrine. What's that form of doctrine? It's that holy commandment. What did it do? (coughs) Because it's equivalent to Romans 10 and 10, believing believing with the heart under righteousness. It made us righteous, it robed us in God's righteousness, it set our feet in the path of righteousness. And we were made servants of that righteousness. And God can't be served outside of serving righteousness. Let me say that one more time. The God of heaven and earth cannot be served among his people. The devil serving Satan. The grass, the rain, the sun, everything is serving God, I mean. Everything is serving God. It some it has a purpose, but you and I, as Christians, man cannot serve God unless he's serving the obedience of Christ. That's unto righteousness. Romans six sixteen. Not gonna happen. Not gonna happen. It's it's it, it's an impossibility. It can't happen. Nobody can serve God unless they're serving obedience unto the very righteousness they were made in Christ that he is to us, that he was made unto us, 1 Corinthians 1.30. That there, there is no way that anybody ever serves God outside of the way of righteousness. That's why he had to make us righteous, put us in the path of righteousness, robe us in his righteousness, and make us servants of his righteousness. Outside of his way of righteousness, God is not in it. This is why Proverbs 12 and 17 says, He that speaks truth shows forth righteousness, but a false witness deceit. Oh, how powerful that is. He that speaks truth is speaking about Christ and him crucified because you can't see righteousness outside of that avenue. Glory be to God. But a false witness comes with great swelling words presenting even God's word, but outside, he's holding it outside of its righteous context. And my friends, the Bible tells us in Romans 118 that the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against that ungodliness and unrighteousness that can only be the fruit thereof. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God's looking for his people to come together to rise up and be determined to know absolutely nothing other than his lamb crucified. Worthy is the lamb. Glory to the lamb. Hallelujah. The focus of Jesus in heaven is as of a lamb having been slain. Glory be to God. He is not in heaven right now with some glorified uh, light shining He is the one that goes over and takes the book from the Father's hand, has the appearance of one that is as of a slain lamb. He has the wounds on him as of a slain lamb. Hallelujah. When he comes back here in a few years to save all of Israel and we'll come with him and he'll begin inaugurate his thousand-year reign, he's going to still have the marks on his body that Israel will be able to reach into and see that he is alive. He that said, I was up. Dead, but I am alive. Hallelujah. He is our King of kings and Lord of lords through what he did at Calvary. So look at this again now. Uh, For it had been better for them not to have known, ever known, what we know now this way of righteousness. It God says it would be better if they never knew this way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. And again, this is a this is the, the gospel being preached, yes, men get to they have choice. God has given all men the, the ability to choose, the right to choose. But when we when the gospel is preached. It is a holy decree. It is a holy commandment coming. You have the, the option to believe or not believe, but it is a commandment. When the, this is one of the reasons the preaching of the cross is the power of God. Listen to this. Jesus said, no man take my life from me, but, but I have power to lay it down and to take it up again because I have this commandment of my Father The the commandment to lay my life down and to raise it up again. The commandment, the that Jesus coming by commandment. Uh, you see, the, the power of God is in the preaching of the cross. The power of God, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians one eighteen it says the preaching of the cross because it is the commandment of God that Jesus first had to come and obey himself humbly and obediently, perfectly, laying his life down, not threatening back Not revolting, not reviling when reviled, but trusting, committing himself to the one who judges righteously, pouring out his soul. Mm. Such a powerful revelation given to the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah 53 that we all know very well. He poured out his soul under death. His mind, his will, his emotions, that which makes up the soul, everything about him was poured out in suffering for you and me unto death. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. And after we've known this, if we begin to teach other things, such as you can do something to deliver yourself. Listen, you can't even do the things that are written in the Bible for you to be doing. We're to be doers of the word, but even our doing of the word as far as carrying out the mission of the Lord by the Holy Spirit, like witnessing or, 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 or teaching or, or, or pastoring, anything we do, can't save us and it can't deliver us. Salvation is of the Lord, and deliverance is a part of God's salvation. You can't save yourself by being baptized in water by another man. That is something you're carrying out in in, in physical means, and it's a good thing. It's an act of obedience if you're already born again, it's an act of sin if you're doing it to be born again. Somebody's going to get that. Hallelujah. If, you're, if you've already believed upon Christ from the heart and been born again, then water baptism is something you should do according to the word as an act of, of the witness to what's already happened in your heart, what Christ has already done to you and for you. Hallelujah. In your, faith in that. But if you're being water baptized to be saved, that that is an act of sin that you're participating in. And you're making even the sin, giving the sin nature more power and domination over you. Because water can't save, the preacher can't save, you can't save yourself. Only Jesus saves. Only Jesus delivers. Hallelujah. Not through men, but through his He purged us from our sin by himself, Hebrews 1 and 3 says. I wasn't there to participate in the work of his death. I can only partake of his death by faith. To experience the benefits of what he did all by himself. That, my friends, was the work of righteousness. Hallelujah. That, my friends, is God's only open door to his way of righteousness and it's the only way that we can experience being servants of his righteousness if we remain on that path. And if we do then we will be proclaiming this great truth that shows forth righteousness. We won't be found, as I was years ago, presenting things out of God's Word, but they were only from a fleshly attitude, even though I had tears, even though I could cry. Let me tell you something, folks. All that don't move God. All that don't move God. Don't nothing but the blood of Jesus moves God when He finds a heart touching that. And listen, I, I can't. I can't. Listen, me growing and maturing is not going to gain me entrance into the God that I serve. The blood got me initial entrance, and faith in the blood gets me moment by moment. Entrance into the throne of grace. Nothing else. Nothing else. Hallelujah. And that ain't me talking about the blood. That's my heart surrendered to this way of righteousness. Hallelujah. This holy commandment is still my holy commandment from my God to me. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Let's read it again. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. The holy commandment is that form of doctrine that was delivered unto them. Romans 6, 17, and 18. <clears throat> the holy commandment is that form of doctrine that was delivered unto them. And again, that's why Paul uses words like obeyed from the heart because when the heart believed unto righteousness, God sent obedient. That's the obedience of my son, my only begotten son that I'm seeing there. God must see Christ. God must see Christ. He's only approved Christ and everything that's in Christ. He's not approved anything that's outside of Christ. His approval is on Christ and every soul that enters into Christ by faith in that blood. And as we know very well, as we bring it up all the time, Galatians chapter 2 shows us that God will intervene and bring correction to those who are in Christ, but they're not walking in Christ. And it's obvious because their fruits are causing disunion, division, Mm-hmm. That's what, because, because they're not staying the way that justified them. Remember, that is what Pete, Paul told Peter when Peter jumped in a, gro- a, a, a big sinking boat of uh, hypocrisy, dissimulation, the Bible calls it, that he had to be reminded that we're justified not by the works of the law. And the problem in that scenario, that, that situation there, was not that Peter was lost. Not that he wasn't righteous, not that he wasn't justified, but that he wasn't expressing Christ. He wasn't expressing the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So correction came, and what was the correction? It was that holy commandment Peter was being reminded of. That which justified us is the only thing that can also justify our fruit. The fruits of our ministry. The fruit of every message we preach. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. So, but verse 22, the end of this says, But it has happened unto them, according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit. Many a people, many a Christian, have went back to their own vomit. And this doesn't have to be, my friends, Bars and clubs and drugs and drunkenness, this could very well be the vomit of religion that God brought you out of. But because so many people wouldn't come with you out of it, the pull on your heart has been to go back into that melting pot. And many have for the sake of people and what people think. Maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's a family that have thought you were so foolish for walking away from great swelling words that they don't see as great swelling words enticing and beguiling. They don't see it, but God showed you, but because the pull, oh, there's a pull there on your, there's a pull on every heart that leaves all that and counts it all done and goes the way of righteousness, the way of God's holy commandment. There will never stop being a pull from all those who refuse to go this way there will never stop being that pull what has to happen is we must rise up and get out and stay on the path because if we're not careful we will go back into that entanglement that they remain entangled in and are overcome by how many people do you know how many people do you know that got involved in a thrust and a focus of the way of the cross but because of other people's voices, they've been pulled away from where the Bible says that you'll be planted in the house of the Lord and you can flourish in the courts of your God. Hallelujah. You need to be planted, my friend, not where it pleases people that you're planted, but where it pleases the Lord because there you will flourish. The New Testament says that the Lord will plant, it pleases the Lord. This is what Paul wrote to the church in Corinth that it pleases the Lord to plant us in the body where He plants us. That does mean how we function as the body, but it also means where He plants us. It pleases Him where He plants us in a local church. That means. Because we know it's impossible to please God without the faith of the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us because that's the faith we live by, Galatians 2.20. And Hebrews tells us that. It's impossible to please God without faith. So if it pleases God to plan us somewhere in the body, that means that he will plan us where the message is and it is the exclusive, without mixture, message of his son and what his son did at Calvary, the testimony of his son. Amen. And we will we will be only be a part of that to the degree we're willing to l- let God take things away that we really thought we had to have. A- 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 Because if we don't let him do that, I said if we don't let him do that, then we'll never be able to count those things that have been robbing us all this time dung so that we can go on and begin to grow in this great truth of God's holy commandment in his way of righteousness. I hope you've been encouraged today. I hope you've been warned as we should be. I hope you've seen the light in some areas here ministered to you today by the Lord. I hope that you would really begin to see just how much the enemy is talked about, spoken of in the Bible, and warned of. I'm, I'm writing commentary right now in Psalms, and I'm presently in chapter sixty-four, one verse a day, uh, every every morning, somewhere between seven and eight. One verse every morning on my Curtis Hutchinson Facebook page. One verse a day already in Psalm 64. And I am really amazed at how much the enemy is spoken of in the Psalms. How much he's spoken of. How much that he's warned of. And how often the psalmist is praying for deliverance from. I'm amazed And how much warning there is in the Bible. And it's most Christians do not want to be warned when it comes near them and someone near them, they're related to. We don't mind hearing warning about them because that's wrong and we know that, but when the warning comes near home, we have to be warned of what's wrong or we won't know what's wrong many times. And we can't go on if we're trapped in what's wrong. There's only a certain place you can go to, my friend, if you're trapped and you're being stifled. And you are. If you have a person, uh, any person who's you're allowing to get in between you and your Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, because what he's doing is maturing his people and growing his people. And what people who refuse to walk in that place, are, the only thing they can do is try to entice you and beguile you. They don't know they're doing it, my friends. It's called deception to come back to where they are. You don't need to be in all that determined to know nothing stuff. You don't need to be in that cross preaching church. You Man, they, they, they're just trying to tear down everything. No, my friend, God tore down everything that's not of him at calvary and there's where the rub comes in there's where the rub comes in i encourage you to share these teachings on social media if you're not ashamed of the gospel i encourage you to let the lord be the lord in your life according to the scriptures and what jesus did at calvary i encourage you to pray about sowing into these ministries that God has raised up in these last days, who he is teaching to be determined to know nothing but Christ and him crucified. And be a part of what God is doing in these last few moments of this last age as the Lord now has put the hooks in the jaws of other nations and is in the process of drawing them into the battleground in which he will destroy all those that resist him. It's happening even as we speak. And there's only one answer God has ever sent for everybody and everything, and that's Jesus Christ, his only begotten son, and what he provided in his death on the cross. And Because he was faithful to do that, he was buried and resurrected so that we could have that resurrection life to be able to live the crucified life here and now. God bless you. If the Lord stirs your heart to give him an offering through this ministry, you can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can simply text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. God bless you. He loves you. Have a fabulous day. Until I see you again, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Jesus Christ and him crucified. We'll see you then.